All right, you guys ready for the word? Yeah. All right. So y'all open your Bibles to Matthew 28:16. So just to give you some context for this chapter in the Bible, Jesus has just risen from the dead and Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene and the other Mary and they are overwhelmed with joy as you can imagine in awe and Jesus tells the women to tell the other disciples to go to Galilee and he will meet them there verse 16 meanwhile the 11 disciples heard the wonderful news from the women and left for Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had arranged to meet them the moment they saw him they worshiped him but some still had lingering doubts then Jesus came close to them and said, All the authority of the universe has been given to me. Now go in my authority and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you. And never forget that I am with you every day, even to the completion of this age. This is the great commission that Jesus gave his disciples. And as I've already mentioned three weeks ago, we began a series and introduced Arise Global, which is a new ministry that is a part of Arise, that is a reformation and revival ministry that in short preaches the gospel outside the walls of the church to transform the culture around us. Jeremy shared on the importance of what is called the seven mountains of influence. And as sons and daughters of God, how we take that authority in those places and see that culture be transformed. And then Melanie preached an incredible message on the power of our influence and that we are the place where heaven meets our earth. We are the new temple of the Holy Spirit. And just last Sunday, Wes shared such a powerful message that it doesn't matter if you identify yourself as an evangelist or not, that as a child of God, you are empowered by the Holy Spirit to share the love of Jesus Jesus with others and one of the ways that we are equipping you to do that is through Arise Global. So we are so just excited about this ministry and this morning even though we are done with the series I wanted to stay in the momentum of what God has been doing the last three weeks as we are commissioned to go into the world and I want to share with you what it truly means to be a disciple. Jesus said now go in my authority and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If we are to carry the Great Commission and go and make disciples of all nations, we need to know what it means to be a disciple. And it has nothing, I'm sorry, my pages are messed up. <laughs> okay, sorry. Because we can't go and make disciples if we don't know how to go, how to be one ourselves first. Jesus didn't say, go and make more Christians. He says, go and make more disciples. There is a difference in being a Christian and being a disciple. We don't seem to focus on that word disciple as much because over the years, people would correlate the word disciple with religion in all the disciplines we should be engaging in as followers of Christ when really being a disciple has nothing to do with being religious, but everything to do with having a deep relationship with Jesus. All disciples are Christians, but not all Christians are disciples. 
I want to share a difference in a Christian versus a disciple. The word Christian is used only three times in the New Testament. It literally means little Christ or follower of Christ. And is now a term more referred to when it comes to a belief rather than a behavior. And it's now a, a more very vague term people use when asked what religion they identify with. Especially if you have grown up in the South where the majority of people consider themselves a Christian. The word disciple is used 281 times in the New Testament. Again, Christian is only used three. And a disciple is one who follows Christ and trusts in him alone for salvation, worships him, loves him with their whole heart, imitates his life, and obeys his teaching. A disciple abides in Christ, walks with the Holy Spirit, meditates on the word of God, engages in friendship and fellowship with Christ, and partners with the body of Christ, which is the local church. And this lifestyle of a disciple results in the transformation of one's mind, heart, and spirit, and leads others to do the same. Amen. Even my nine-year-old daughter, she is beginning to be able to discern whether or not someone is in a relationship with Jesus, because how many of you know a child will call you out? She will come to me and she will say, Mommy, I think that person may believe in Jesus, but I'm not sure if they really know him. And it has nothing to do with perfection or seeming like someone has it all together. But it's as simple as when I am with someone that knows Jesus, communes with his spirit, and truly loves him, it is evident in their life. And I believe we're at a very crucial time right now with the church where people are searching. They're wanting the truth, and they're not wanting the truth in a way that it's been given to them in the past. They're wanting to know and see something that looks different than it's looked. They are over the glossy and celebrity Christian. They are over the ones that are calling themselves a Christian, but as soon as they're faced with the decision to stand on the truth, of his word, they compromise and bow to man's agenda. People are wanting to see authenticity and vulnerability in relationship. They're wanting to see that you're the same person on and off the platform, on and off social media. They're needing to see that you are genuinely different, that you walk in integrity and purity and extend grace and forgiveness not only to yourself but to others. And that you are not afraid to love deeply those who are different, but also bold and courageous enough to challenge the systems and agendas of this world. And listen, church, what people really need already exists within you, as Mel already shared a few weeks ago. You are the place where heaven meets earth. You are the temple where Christ, Emmanuel, the King of the kings and Lord of lords, dwells. Philippians 2, 12 through 13, in the Amplified Version, I love this version, it says, So then, my dear ones, just as you has, have always obeyed my instructions with enthusiasm, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation, that is, cultivate it, bring it to full effect, Actively pursue spiritual maturity with awe-inspired fear and trembling. 
using serious caution and critical self-evaluation to avoid anything that might offend God or discredit the name of Christ. For it is not your strength, but it is God who, it is, who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work, that is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. So what this verse is saying is as his disciples, we have to continuously practice and grow in our salvation. And the people we teach to be disciples have to be given the permission and taught that it is okay and necessary to work out their salvation where it is cultivated and brought into maturity every single day. This is what it means when Jesus says, when it says that his mercies are new every single morning. This ability to see salvation as relational and infinitely ongoing is what sets us apart as believers who are his disciples. What we see in scripture about the disciples is that Jesus' disciples experienced friendship with him because they knew him intimately and he knew them. So I wanna talk this morning about really what it sets us apart as disciples of Jesus. Disciples of Jesus know what it means to be entangled and folded in union, surrounded in oneness and attached to him attached to the trinity jesus says in john 15 so you must remain in life union with me for i remain in life union with you in other words jesus is saying in this verse you are grafted into me and to graft means to form a new attachment with to entangle to intertwine to transplant for two things to become one Jesus goes on to say, I have never called you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants and servants don't always understand what the master is doing. But I call you my most intimate friends. This is so key because in both the Greek and Aramaic word for intimate friends, it actually means those cared for from the womb. And the words that Jesus chooses to use here are so incredible because Jesus is saying that you are my most intimate friends and the care and the love that I have for you is the same love and care that a mother has for her child. And that by remaining in life union with me and I with you, I have chosen to graft yourself onto me. I have chosen, Jesus is saying, to entangle, to intertwine, to become one with and attach yourself to me. Why is he saying this so significant? For one, Jesus knew that when he created us with God, he would wire our bodies to attach emotionally, spiritually, and physically, and that we would be created for attachment. Attachment begins long before birth and continues developing across our entire lifespan. To have attachment to someone or something is to experience a feeling that binds us to a person or thing, to be devoted or to have high regard for. And these attachments are meant to be very powerful and long lasting. 
a baby can feel the affection and the care and the nourishment that a mother gives from the womb long before a baby has words to put to what their heart knows and understands. If you are a doctor or a nurse or a counselor, you know this, but it isn't until a baby is around seven months old that they can even see themselves as separate from their mother or a separate individual. They think they are one up until they're seven months old. And for six months of their life, they still feel and know that attachment from the womb, that oneness from the womb. And when a baby is born, attachment is experienced in a new way through the feeling of joy given to the baby by the mother and father. So the actual root of joy is the experience of attachment or the feeling of I am so glad to be with you. And this attachment grows as the child experiences the delight of another and knowing that someone is very glad to be with me. Because joy is personal and exchanged face to face. In this example between parent and child, the baby begins to mirror the parent. That's why they develop their first smiles. That's why they do the same emotional cues as you because they were built to, we were built and wired to mirror what we love. We were built to mirror what we love, and Jesus wired us to mirror him and then reflect his light. And on a side note, this is why you hear people get so wrecked in the best way when they have encounters when they gaze upon the face of God. This is, the best, this is the best thing ever. This is the glory of God. And this is why having such a healthy view of Father God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit is so important. Yeah. Because when I do have a healthy view of Father God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, I'm going to reflect it back and mirror who they are to the world around me. And as we grow on into our adulthood, there are going to be stages of attachment. And every level of attachment is dependent on the other level being healthy so that we can grow and mature into healthy and whole adults. However, we also know that from the ages of zero to six is when children are most vulnerable to trauma. So there, I'm going to teach a little. There's two types of trauma. There's one when something is done to you that is emotionally or physically abusive. And the other is when something is withheld from you that was essential to you growing into a healthy adult. And when these types of traumas do not get healed, this is where you see something called arrested development. When Jeremy and I were ministering to young girls in Honduras who had been victims of sex trafficking, we saw this in every single girl that came into our safe home because of the amount of trauma they had experienced very early in their childhood. This is why you see grown men and grown women have moments where they act like a three-year-old or a five-year-old because something so deep in their childhood was never healed. This is why we see marriages fail. This is why we may see someone have a really hard time receiving freedom from an addiction this is why we see moral failure, failures and pastors and corruption happen in the church because sometimes people never spiritually mature 
spirit, mature spiritually and emotionally because whether in innocence or being completely aware, they don't take ownership of their woundings and allow the healing power of Jesus to heal those places in their past. And so what Jesus invites us into through the gift of salvation is relating and restoring genuine attachment back to God and giving Jesus permission to heal those places where we misattached or experienced trauma as a child. And if you want to look at this in a different lens or perspective, this is the place where we get to be reparented by God by the Trinity. This is the invitation from the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit for woundings to be healed. This doesn't mean you stop honoring and having healthy relationships with your biological parents, but it's acknowledging that you have also now been attached to the perfect Father in heaven through Jesus. Salvation is really a new and active attachment. This is, this is key, that word active with God, that transforms and forms our identities. This is how our identities get formed. And this, therefore, changes our character. This is how we continue to grow in wholeness and maturity, and this is what sets us apart as his disciples. So in the human brain... Identity and character are formed by who we love. So much more than just what we simply believe. And again, the difference here is in calling yourself a Christian versus calling yourself a disciple. Our character should actually and will change because we are in love with Jesus. This is why Jesus didn't come to restore religion, but he came to restore the relationship. Jim Wilder, he is a neurotheologian, and he has discovered in his research that the only kind of love that helps the brain learn better character is attachment love, and that changing character as far as the brain is concerned means attaching in new and better ways because attachment allows us to connect our thoughts with the thoughts of another, and then we become like them. This is also called sharing a mutual mind or thinking with another. And it's actually a scientific way of saying that we get to practice the presence of God with us every moment of our lives by having the mind of Christ. We get to practice the presence of God every moment of our lives by having the mind of Christ. Because as disciples, we share in the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, For who has known the mind and purposes of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ to be guided by his thoughts and purposes. So if you are married or in a close relationship with someone, I'm sure you have experienced this where you can simply, I can simply look at Jeremy or my good friend and, or my child and I can know what they are thinking or what they feel about something. This is also called mind reading or heart, heart reading. This is not some psychic new age thing. This is a bride thing. This is what Jesus gave us in the beginning of time to be connected with him and connected with the family of God. Because Jesus designed our minds to operate in the same way with him through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
when you are close to someone, it's intuitive to know what they would do in a situation or say. It is the same way now with being with Jesus, being grafted into and attaching to him. We have his spirit living within us. And when we share a mutual mindset with God, this is what produces character change. Yeah, Romans 12.2 says, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. This is being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And this is where our character changes. This is a place where our genuine attachment to God begins to be restored. This is the place where we actively allow the power of the Holy Spirit to heal the broken places in our past. And this is where we live, move, and breathe and have our being with Jesus in wholeness. And a major part of this process of our growth is in relationship to other people. This is why we are called each other's sisters and brothers in Jesus. Our attachment, our oneness, our entanglement with Jesus is what makes us a family. And I won't receive the full measure and full experience of the kingdom of God if I am not in family. Forming healthy attachments with other disciples is so important. Learning to take risks and vulnerability. Learning to trust one another and to extend forgiveness and grace while giving others permission to grow and heal is part of the reward of being in the family of God and learning to love like Jesus. And when I do this, I am then positioned in a place in which what Holy Spirit is doing in my life and in the lives of others has my attention because I share the mutual mind of Christ and I allow him to form my thoughts. Disciples do not simply determine priorities for themselves. They are guided by the Spirit of God. It means being sensitive to Holy Spirit's promptings and nudgings in your life. I just encourage you to ask him, what is he saying to you? What is he prioritizing in your life? Because he knows we become what we love. Show me what you love and I'll show you what you're going to be like five years from now. Show me what you give your time to, where your treasure is, what you give your energy to, and I'll show you what you become. Whatever we are attached to governs what gets our attention and what forms our thoughts. And sin is ultimately a misattachment because it separates you from the love and goodness of God. Sin is choosing to attach to something or someone that is only full of false promises and empty gratification. Ask the Holy Spirit, what am I attaching to outside of you for pleasure or for peace? Because the Holy Spirit is constantly active in the process of oneness and restoration with God. And there is right now more than ever before an all-out war 
for our attention and our affection. And when we are attached fully with Jesus, our attention and our affection remains in him, for in him and for him alone. And we will have eyes to see and ears to hear what his, he is saying, what he is doing. This Emmanuel lifestyle that God is with me is nothing more than increasingly sharing that mutual mindset with God. When we notice we have lost our peace, mutual mindset restores our joy. When we think about our troubled past, thinking with God restores our peace. And everything that we do, we do it with God, through Christ, with Christ, in Christ. We have God who is for us. We have Jesus who is beside us. And we have Holy Spirit who is within us. And when we are a disciple of Jesus, we attach through the gaze of love. We know what it means to be entangled and folded in union, surrounded in oneness with him. This is us coming back and being invited back to Eden, where Adam and Eve were attached to God. There is no shame, no separation, no condemnation, unbroken intimacy and fellowship between them and God. This is really the heart behind why Jeremy and I named one of our daughters Eve. To us, she represents the first woman to experience intimacy with the Trinity. She represents wholeness and fellowship as a woman and as a wife and and a mother. She knew what it meant to be the object of God's affection and the delight of his heart. And a huge part of forming that attachment to God is knowing that I am the object of his affection and I am the delight of his heart. And some of you need to be told that or reminded of that this morning, that simple phrase that you are the object of his affection and you are the delight of his heart. This revelation of attachment changes how we see ourselves. We should see ourselves differently and be able to say confidently, I am redeemed. I am a disciple, I have intimacy with God, I am spiritually mature, I am transformed from being a hurt person who may hurt people to a heart healer who has become whole and brings healing to others through the power of the Holy Spirit. I have one mind with with him and I am partnering with Holy Spirit to transform the world around me and make disciples of all nations. Amen. You guys are invited to stand. I just invite you during this time to close your eyes. I want you to just place your hand on your heart. Jesus. You are commissioned church by the authority of Jesus to go and make disciples of all nations. And as you go, I bless you. I bless every person in this house and listening or watching to be a disciple of intimacy. To go with the awareness that everywhere you go, every person you encounter, you are entangled and folded in union, surrounded and attached in oneness to King Jesus, bringing the kingdom of heaven to every atmosphere and situation. 
I bless you with deeper revelation of knowing that you are the object of his affection and the delight of his heart. I bless you with receiving an Emmanuel lifestyle, knowing that God is always with you and the kingdom of heaven is within you. I bless you in being a place where forgiveness and healing flows freely and openly as you are actively aware of the presence of Holy Spirit in your life and in the life of others. I bless your body to be full of hope this morning and filled with the light of Jesus. I bless you to be filled with courage, boldness, and purity. I bless you in knowing that you are an unceasing spiritual being with an eternal destiny in God's great universe. I bless you in returning to your first love this morning and returning back to Eden. I bless you this morning with glory-filled encounters of the gaze of the Father that leaves you changed forever, allowing attachment and healing to happen in the places it may be needed. Thank you, Jesus. We just give you all the honor and the glory and the praise. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving and being active and at work in our hearts right now. Thank you for every person here. We love you, Jesus. We are so grateful to be yours. In the powerful name of God, amen. Let's invite the prayer and ministry team to come up. If you need prayer, we are happy to pray with you this morning.